are you all set, Bree? Yes. Awesome. This is a great LA moment where a uh, a DJ on the way to the gym stopped and set you up <laughs> for a podcast. It's my boyfriend. <laughs> but yes, that is LA. <laughs> well, let's get started, you guys. Everybody else hit your recorders for me. Ready. What is that? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, Ez, are you playing I Got You, Babe? I got you. So the whole, it's the official, like... Okay, campers, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's cold. I can do this as many times as you want. You want like five, ten more times? Um, more times? We cannot How long afford will to play it. To learn? So let's just, we can only sing it. Uh, okay. I'm sure we'll get to this in the podcast, but is that Brian Doyle Murray doing the. It's gotta be. Doing the radio announcer thing? Um, I bet he is. He sounds like him. Interesting. But, well, it is Wait, they can't both fun. be. There's, there's two of them, though, right? <laughs> Who's the yes. other guy? Um, the other guys, uh, I don't know. Wow. Bill Murray hated this movie so much he didn't talk to Sam Raimi for 20 years after it. No, not what? Sam, it's not Sam Raimi, Harold Ramis. Oh, if Harold he Ramis. Hated oh, no, no, no. This, he, he also <laughs> didn't talk to Sam Raimi, yeah. He yeah. Also, Sam, Sam, don't say shit to me, man. You know yeah. you did. He also didn't talk to Rami Malik after this. He was yeah. so mad. You're still not talking to him. Yeah. Yeah, I bet they've never spoken. I believe that. Um, Ramsey's the second, not on his guest list either. <laughs> Got married in Egypt. Didn't even invite Ramsey's the second. All right. Um, let's do a show, you guys. Good evening, Meat Suits! Welcome back to Read It and Weep Season 2. This is episode number 5 of the second season, or episode number 478 overall, but who's keeping score? I'm your host, Alex Falcone. You should follow me on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone. That's a great place to find me. Uh, joining me today, he's the fastest Jack in Jefferson County. Welcome back, Mr. Ezra Fox. Alex, I could have sculpted your face with my eyes closed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Almost everything he cool? says is creepy. Almost everything. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Maybe if someone says something creepy to you now, it's just because they've been alive forever. Oh, so, that's a good... Yeah. Gla- You're one of those glass half full kind of guys. <laughs> glass infinite guys, <laughs> yes. Uh, also joining us today... I don't have those for everybody. Um, I just had the Jack one. Um, uh, or I guess <laughs> Just do the same one again. Use it again. Use it again. <laughs> Wait, uh, he's not going to play by their rules anymore please, in Portland, Oregon. Please welcome back Anthony Lopez. WrestleMania tickets. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no way. It's Shannon. But yes, a very young Michael Shannon. Tiny Michael role. Shannon. Yeah. <laughs> film, this was his film debut before he knew he was a bad guy. Well, it's it's like when he still had like youth in his face. Before yeah. he just now, you know, Michael Shannon's got the type of like thing like he looks at you and you feel like that man might kill me. Yeah, like this oh, guy, yeah. this guy wouldn't hurt a fly in this no, movie. No, he just wants to get married. And apparently, the key is for an old stranger to talk his fiance into it. That's what really gets him going. Well, yeah, he likes I mean, to be wedding cuckold. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, incognito browser only. Um, uh, man, I wish I had three of these, but I don't. Uh, she's the <laughs> fastest Jack in Jefferson County. <laughs> at Bree Pruitt on Twitter. Uh, at Bree Pruitt on Twitter. Joining us from Los Angeles, California. Please welcome back Bree Pruitt. 
Buongiorno. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man, that guy had as much joy about being spoken oh. to brusquely in Italian as like the women whose cars tires get fixed and the guy whose life is saved. Like that guy, all he wanted was Italian. It just goes to show you, it's just, you got to read a person, you know? Yeah. In yeah, order the, to change their life forever. The whole movie is Bill Murray learning to read a room. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's saving people from choking yeah. just by being in the city and yeah. he knows uh, when uh, kids uh, are falling out of trees. Yeah. I mean, I like it, the loop. Isn't, ahead, say, isn't it more of a, like, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take and then get a second chance at taking and then a third <laughs> chance at taking? And then, like, it's really more or less of, like, he can read the room and more as he gets the opportunity to try every variation of it. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. That's you know, why, at the yeah. end of this, I feel like this is a horror movie. And then the next scene is him just walking around having no idea how to talk to anybody anymore. Because he's like, wait, let me try this again. And then he can't. You know those things where like uh, like the astronauts came back on the space shuttle and they would keep trying to put like a coffee cup in midair because they weren't used to gravity anymore and they would drop it. That's how Bill Murray is with conversation after this. He just can't talk to anybody the normal human way. I, That's what I think. I mean, I think he'll be like, oh, man, I'm kind of sick of the piano. I wish I had also learned to play, play the clarinet. Now I have to do it the normal way, and it's going to take a long time. It's not going to be, be any fun, yeah. I mean, he has a pretty good leg up in terms of, like, music theory, you would think. He was True. there for a while, yeah. you know? Yeah, he, he also has a problem that in his current relationship, she doesn't know he's magic and that he's a thousand years older than her. So they got a real. How many years though was uh, he actually doing? Thir- I think between thirty six and forty is the really? the, the official uh, thing. The last uh, that I have I have found. I see. I've always thought like it's. I try to watch this movie with like every new scene is like a hundred years in between. Like I like to imagine he was there for like ten thousand years. You know, like that was the original like, idea. Yeah, the yeah, original draft like a, was a thousand years, which I like. Wait, really? Yeah, just, yeah that ten, was the first 10, draft. Ten thousand years. Ten, ten thousand. Yeah. And then there's yeah, been like esti- a- I've seen estimates of around ten. There was a a, a calculation uh, from uh, from several years ago that was like thirty four years exactly. And I, I believe the director has uh, um, um, Roman Polanski has said uh, nope. that it's uh, nope. uh, in the thirties. Nope. Well, not him. No, and no, you know, I, wrong. Ramen Palat. Nope. Okay. Don't worry, Alex. You'll relive this day. And you'll get it right the next time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure someone. I, I joked about this to at least to one of you, but I, I'm, I'm sure someone else has done it. But we should just watch the movie a hundred times and then do a podcast about it. No, yeah. we should just redo this podcast yeah, and, just, not, and not act like <laughs> every year we do the yeah. same show and act like we've never done it before. Yeah, we've been doing this long enough that we could have done this movie before, as and I would not remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good chance um well and actually i uh I, I i saw this for the first time like four or five years ago actually oh wow i never saw it as a kid but then i saw it every year for five years because i helped somebody put on an event where they screened it on groundhog day here in town um so i got really into it but before we get into this let's slow down slow down slow down uh, let me tell you first that this episode is brought to you by our fabulous meat buddies. We could not do the show if it weren't for all of you supporting us and keeping us floating down the tracks. Go to readdeskweep.com slash meat buddies, readdeskweep.com slash meat buddies, and uh, donate to the show to keep 
us uh, alive to keep us. We're going to die. That's the only I my oxygen is provided. Is this too far? Is this a hard If you're paying for oxygen, you're doing some part of it wrong. I got a great deal. (laughs) Just somebody talked to me into it. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, read that. We thank everybody who supported the show. We really, really do appreciate it. Okay, so uh, for Reading Weep Season 2, as you all know, we are talking about uh, pop culture topics as biography. Um, we're talking about does stuff hold up has been our discussion this first couple months. Does it hold up? Ezra, tell yes. everybody what our topic is today. Um, so as you can tell, <laughs> it's Groundhog Day. Yes. Uh, when you're listening to this, though, there's a much smaller chance that it's Groundhog Day. No. Can, but it was recently we're... Groundhog Day when we were watching it. Yes, we had the opportunity to watch it over Groundhog Day, although some of us uh, did it kind of late. But this is, we're talking about the 1993 film um, by Romulus and Ramus, um, oh. starring Bill Murray. <laughs> Wait, which, was Romulus the script or was Ramus the, like, you know? <laughs> yeah, they were founding Rome, but one of them always did yeah. the wrong thing. In Roman highlights for children. Yeah. <laughs> In the Roman dentist office. Well, I always read it. Yeah, so uh, starring Bill Murray and uh, Andy McDowell, uh, and at least in my head, also starring Michael Shannon and uh, um, oh, someone and, and, and Chris Elliott. And Chris. I mean, I gotta say, this was like one of the first things that made me like ever aware of Stephen Tobolowski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's definitely an actor Stephen Tobolowski. I like so much. Like Stephen Tobolowski is definitely the third or fourth build actor in this movie right i mean like, he and he does what i love where it's like it's not the meatiest part in the story and he puts everything into it yeah oh my God. the his I mean, walks his the way he walks away from things oh, like yeah he's run after the hugging version and he just he like be like crouches down and runs in that coat it's great like good it, everything he it's does. like I mean, he he heard the name needle nose ned <laughs> and yes. then was like built the whole character around that. I am that guy now. Yeah. Oh man, it's yeah, great. I mean, it's it's one of those things like the character doesn't have a lot of screen time, so you have to find the type of actor who's really gonna make the repetition of it super memorable. And yeah. he just runs with that opportunity in such a fucking awesome way to watch. I there's so many really good moments that people get though. Like I feel like that's like it's a supporting cast. Just like everyone sinks their teeth into it in a really fun way. Oh um, yeah. Like I mean, like 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 the guy who who like you know gets the gets spoken to in Italian on the staircase. Um, yeah. Like the um, the woman who know. owns the B and B has a, just mm-hmm. some great faces. Yeah. Um. um the the food. Oh man, when he houses that piece of cake. <laughs> uh. That I, was yeah. That was not a stunt mouth. No, no, he really. Yeah, yeah I've read that that was very upsetting to him. <laughs> that he, he had well, a really. He's tough even a better game. actor then. Yeah, I know, I know, because he looked like he liked it. But man, just the full piece of cake down his throat is just a, a an incredible piece of acting by that cake. Um, yeah, um, this he, is the, the, anyway. Uh, so I guess we're, we're talking a little about like the the why this maybe. Yes, that's my question. So Ezra, why did you pick this besides the fact that the holiday was a couple days ago? Uh, so I think this might have been one of the first, like maybe metaphysical movies, I think, or like more like philosophical movies I liked. Cause like, I think I, I think I saw it pretty much when it came out. Um, 
And like this idea of a time loop has been just like really, really interesting for me always. Like I, I like uh, my, by my like creative writing, like fiction thesis, like uh, uh, out of like uh, grad school was like a basis about this idea kind of of a time loop, but just like with the twist of like, instead of just what if, what if instead of it was just Bill Murray, what if the whole town knew what was going on? Everyone remembered everything. Yeah. Um, and and I, I just I always love the idea of just like people gain a lot of chances to learn something. Uh, I think just the idea of like becoming a good person by pure trial and error is like delightful for me. Um, and I, I think one of the themes I always just find really enjoyable is like in addition to that growth is just taking scary things like death and then taking the sting out of them entirely um, by doing it a bunch. Yeah, well, just you know, any, any way you can do it. But like the idea that like, you take something that's bad and is like terrifying, and then you can make it not scary anymore. Uh, one way or another that's always like a really really cool way for me to like kind of get into a, a work of fiction it's, it's really, go ahead anthony oh, so i was gonna say it's really cool in the sense that like um this is one of those movies that it like genuinely has a classic premise in terms of like in in the way that like certain like war of the worlds is like no one really knows the story but everyone knows the premise and it's super iconic and it will be stolen and adapted from Groundhog's Day has one of those, but it was so recent in our lifetimes that no one really had the courage to just straight up whole like cloth steal the premise. And, but we're and getting to the point right now, now, right? Yeah, until right now, like you look at like Live Die Repeat, Russian Doll on Netflix, yeah, uh, Happy Death Day. Like we're getting to the point now when people are like, let's just fucking steal the premise of groundhog's day yeah and like adapt that like people have probably been pitching it every day since the movie came out and it's the executives yeah. are like this is the right time and then the floodgate opened yeah it's uh, just like i will it, watch any number of time loop stuff though like yeah I like, exactly I, I like it across different genres right like where it's like you get action uh for for live die repeat and you get uh horror for happy death day um like there's i think there's an episode of uh xena warrior princess i liked a lot that had this like uh time loop thing also uh, and you get like sometimes like only one hour. Uh, oh, uh, source code was another one that I liked a lot. Yeah, as well. source, like I yeah. know. I, I, I love loops, guys. I love loops. <laughs> <laughs> More loops for me. Um, the deaths. It's uh, uh, since you mentioned the deaths a second ago. Um, I was that was one thing that I had a little trouble with this time watching through it. It's like, um, uh, it doesn't seem like he's doing ones because they're fun. And since he know it doesn't knows it doesn't work, he picks some weird risky things where like if you get hit by a truck you might just be in excruciating pain all day and then wake up and start over and not have like at least the jumping off like or driving the truck off the cliff, like for 10 seconds it seems like fun and then but he's just doing scary awful things that he doesn't get any enjoyment out of and really all it does is fast forward to the end of his day then because he's just passed out until he wakes up so weird some weird choices if you're gonna die well, I mean, doesn't it kind of highlight the fact that he must have been, like, as someone who suffers from depression in real life, mm-hmm. I could not imagine how depressed, like, the bad part of being caught in this loop before he kind of comes out the other existential side of it. Like, yeah. I I totally, it, this it's one of the things, if anything, as I get older, the suicide scenes just make more and more sense. Just, like, oh, no. that kind of, like... No, like, like, not in, like, a, like I can relate to it, but in the sense of, like, just that kind of existential sadness. Imagine if this was, you know, 40 years at the minimum, around, like, 
that bad year oh, 15 yeah. to year 20 when it's just you don't you're just doing this for five years like everything I, that, that makes you sense do every bit of work is immediately erased like that does yeah. seem like it would be just hard just yeah like this so definitely hard. a few years in this that would be so bad and uh, and the fact you is also so lonely like the fact that he has nobody he can talk to that will remember anything like yeah uh, that it, it does yeah the existential part of it which is apparently just the the uh, article i was referencing earlier about him not talking to a uh, ramus for 20 years after this was because of his disagreement about the way the film should be presented it wasn't about how bad it was on set he wanted it to be a philosophical intense drama and ramus wanted it to be a comedy Whoa. he didn't like how funny it was yeah. Okay, I need to tell you guys something, which is that I had no idea that this was meant to show, like, 40 years. Yeah. And that's not how it feels to me. Because oh. when I, I just always assumed that it was – I didn't even think about that, to be honest. Like, right, right. I wonder how much time has actually passed in his world. I just thought, like, oh, maybe, like, a year, I guess. So when – and when I first saw this movie – I didn't even think of the I didn't think of the suicide as very serious because one thing that did I did notice this time around he he does not his acting his demeanor does not really change what he says changes mm. but Bill Murray does not have the acting chops to show you know some you know um you know uh, Faustian transformation. <laughs> he just at the end is like a has his actions are better, but he's yeah. likable at the beginning. He's likable in the middle, and he's likable at the end. That's he's true. always going to be funny, yeah. but um, you know, I think that the action of suicide it should have communicated more to me instead of just being. I thought he was just acting out, you know? Yeah, he he's was just, just as, trying shit. He's just as deadpan when he's like committing suicide as he is. When he's doing the weather at the beginning of the movie, yeah, that's, that's a very good point. I think that's true. Um, I think the reason the time, like people got interested in the time, is just like the piano playing, like the yeah, his, like his learning progress, whole languages. Yeah, the language he learns French. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he learned French just kind of casually to try to have sex with that lady, um, which is um, ice sculpting. I mean, yeah, the there's, sculpting. there's so many skills yeah, he has that to would try to take... have sex with that lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of those would take a very, very long time to learn. That was something that I okay. So uh, something I hadn't thought about much before this viewing was that, like, it feels it. It felt almost like this was an abstinence-only education film. <laughs> like yeah. one of the things that changes is he stops trying to have sex with her. And that's when he actually gets the released by like the universe is tre- teaching him a lesson, and it's to stop trying to smash. That's that's or one stop thing. trying to smash the woman that he's supposed to be. Fine. Yeah, that he's yeah. The universe wants him relief. to be in love, and when he's trying to have sex with her, when he's doing all of it to have sex with her, it's not okay. And then when he's like, like just the way they shoehorn that line in, where she's like, uh, at the end, where she's like, "But where were you last night when you you just fell asleep on me?" Like yeah. they make such a point of saying that they did not have sex that it feels like that's one of the lessons he had to learn. Was like, <laughs> put that away. That that I think their relationship is actually one of the things that aged the poorest for me. Mm, yeah. Um, like whereas like you know I guess when I was watching this as an eight year old, uh, like. I 
think he was like oh yeah oh yeah like he's like he's kind of a jerk but like in a fun way and like it's definitely like much less enjoyable yeah and feels much more yep. like a yeah a lot like, of like unwanted uh a lot of unwanted advances and then even like when she's like falling asleep when he's like kind of learned his lesson in the only timeline where he tells her the truth um he's like he his joke is like i won't touch you much like it's just a little, and it's the 80s i know, you know? It's, a, it's it's the 90s but it's still um it's still mean, a little gross the 80s also in the 90s <laughs> i mean yeah 93 is still like 80s hangover for sure but it, it's like yeah, i mean we can all agree the 80s ended with 9-11 happened so like <laughs> that's definitely that's when the party finally I guess, ended i guess you know? we all can't agree on that yeah you, yeah you got us um I uh so was that uncomfortable for other people so as you felt like uh yes. Bree that was also uncomfortable for you I assume. Well, I was I was the most uncomfortable with him coming on to her I think at before uh, yeah. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> I don't have a good answer. It was uh, it was uncomfortable but it, in that way where oh yeah, this is just the way things always were yeah. and this was probably every romantic comedy I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, there's yeah, there's this like iconic shot that I feel like is such is such a classic of movies that is not how things should work. Which is on the one where he's like finally like I'm not following your rules anymore. He comes downstairs and he kisses the B and B lady on the mouth without her permission and then or interest. And then as he walks away, she kind of like, hmm, I've still got it. Like it's like it's she uh uh can't admit that she wants it but she does like it's got that little gross thing just bouncing along and it's not the point of the movie but it's there's enough of it eh, it takes a little bit away from the fun of the eating do you think so one thing so like the one the speculation of the movie like they don't actually say why he's in this time loop um there's apparently there was like a draft where he like cursed a gypsy woman or something but um in the, there's no there's they don't name it yeah yeah um and then he gets out of it because he finds love i guess so like does the universe teach bill murray a lesson here's what i he, the first sentence he says after he realizes that this is his life um after the loop ends he says is there anything i can do for you today so I think the lesson is meant to be um, how to be in service of others. Yeah, yeah, he's not less love. Selfish. Yeah, um, yeah, selfish, right? And her quote at the beginning is about him being like a conceited wretch, you yeah. know. And, yeah. Uh, so I think it's about being in service. Um, and I love that it's never named. I love that that's Me not too. like a big like in eighties. I feel like there was a lot of like God or like probably started in the seventies with like. Uh, um, George Burns and stuff like like anthropomorphic gods or stuff like that. But yeah. This in this, um, I noticed this time around the opening credits. It's all clouds. I'm like, oh, this is like a oh. nod at some kind of uh, divinity, I guess. But yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, there's like it's it's a magical realism. But if you look at like a lot of the magical realism for this time, whether it be like big. Or, like, vice versa, or even, like, Freaky Friday. There's always, like, the conceit 
of like why this magic is happening, right? Like, the, yeah, this, the fact that this movie doesn't have nobody walks up to know, him and says, "I curse you, Groundhog yeah, or, Day." Or no one. There's not even like it's so easy to imagine a scene when he's like going to bed the first night, and in the old bed and breakfast, there's like an old. A machine of some kind yeah, just like yeah, yeah. relive the day and he like pits his last coin in it and he's like whatever <laughs> it doesn't matter and then spins it you know like it's so or easy something to... weather related you know he's yeah, a so weatherman it could have been a cold front uh yeah yeah from the, romania the moisture yeah. From, yeah like that's actually kind of the interesting thing about it because there's like there's basically two kind of magical like kind of like tinkle moments basically at musical cues um, and the first one happens basically on the first time when they're trying to get out of the, um, out of the city and like the, like there's that, like, uh, the van they can't get past, I guess, like that, that truck they can't yeah, get past. Yeah, like, knifed truck like, on the freeway. We, yeah, basically there's sort of like, there's like some, some like, like tink, 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 like, like kind of magical music. Uh, and like, Is it snowing that's, think, in space? <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite lines in the whole movie. I'm sorry. It's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's like right around there basically. And then when it happens, like it comes out, I think it's like, it's there's extra sort of like extra sort of a snow cue and like tinkles like when they're i think uh they're both like walking back to the ho- like to the bed and breakfast uh like on that last night so i think like that is like i think that the on and off switch of it but i don't yeah so he was mean know. to a telephone operator and that's where they get you they have way more power than you think mm. i mean doesn't it also feel almost like do you do you think the rest of the world exists while he's in this loop like, there's this idea of, like, the town. Oh. He can't go past it. Like, there's always something that's thought. And, like, is this in, like, a closed-off pocket universe? Or is, like, the entire world reliving this day simultaneously? That would be so like, much work the- for the universe just for this one guy to learn a lesson. Like, think of how Wait, many shitty uh, weathermen there are. Oh, well, I mean, not so many, Wait. though. I, Wait, well- I, I think it's even hard... It's harder though to keep it going, right? To keep all the rest of the, where it's like, how are you gonna like just speed up that whole town up to like 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 what's gonna happen to the rest of the town, man? Like the, like when they have to like sync back up with the rest of the world. Yeah, and and also every time you try to sync things, there's, someone's gonna be a little off. Like he's just yeah. gonna he's gonna go to a different town, and everybody will be like ten minutes ahead, and he it'll feel off the whole time, but he doesn't know why. They should have clapped first. Yeah, you gotta clap at the beginning. It's the only the way. Yeah. I, how do you guys feel about their relationship? Because you, you mentioned it, it didn't age entirely well for you. I, I, I feel like the one where he tells her the truth, they actually have a good relationship where they end up playing cards because he's I been honest like with moment. her. Yeah. And the final one, she's just in love with him because he's awesome, but they never talk. She just like bids on him because she sees him doing all this cool shit and she is taken by it. But it's they don't build any rapport that day. She just is like so in awe that she's into it and then he has to at some point tell her the truth and that he's emotionally 34 years older than her i mean <laughs> i i i think this is really like uh you probably say this about a lot of bill murray movies but and i think will. this is this is a type of movie that really gets by on the charisma of the leads like this stuff yeah. on, like on the page, there isn't necessarily a great relationship there, but I think it really works through the performances and the directing that you can, like, you can read a lot in it. And this movie is moving. You know, this isn't a super long movie. It's for how short it is. It's an incredibly dense film in terms yeah. of, like, 
thematic stuff in terms of plot that like you have to kind of just go with it so i definitely get that like with a lesser leads and lesser direction i absolutely think almost nothing in this movie would work but just on the strength of them it all really works you know yeah i agree with that what do you brian and andy mcdowell i think like she was kind of like a, a good casting because allegorically she's just an angel, you know, she's got like just angelic skin and hair. And I think that was her kind of lane in the eighties, nineties, you know? So she was just like the purity, you know, this good person. She loves boats, but not the sea. You know, she loves French poetry. <laughs> like all good people. Sweet vermouth <laughs> rocks with a twist. Um, and 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 he had to rise to her level of goodness, and that's that was what she, you know. It wasn't about the rapport; it was about her, him becoming as good as her, right? Which it, is not a good basis for a relationship. Terrible, and that's yeah, yeah. Weird. It's weird, <laughs> yeah. Uh, every time and when he says what he loves about her, it's just that you are the nicest, just over and over again. How nice, yeah. and you're so nice, and I just want to be nice, like you're nice, and. This is based on she was hired a day ago, and like I yeah, I, yeah you know like, oh, she wants she wants to live in the mountains and have kids like that's the nicest person. <laughs> this is a, this is a little well, strange. I don't know if you guys heard, but they like a few days ago on Groundhog's Day they announced uh, Groundhog's Day Two, the VR game. Yes, uh, that's coming what? out in a few months. <laughs> yeah, so. This is real. What? They just announced a sequel to Groundhog's Day. No, they called didn't. Groundhog's Day Like Father, Like Son. It's oh, exclusive no. for the PlayStation VR and the Vive. No. Uh, and you you play Bill Murray's and Andy McDowell's son who no. goes to this town thirty years later and you get caught in your own time loop. Which isn't and you a bad just idea. VR in the time loop? I guess, yeah, I don't think they've really shown any gameplay, which, I hey, you know what? I've always thought Groundhog's Day as a video game makes perfect sense. Just don't call it Groundhog's Day. Call it anything else. Just steal the premise, right? Because, like, uh, you're just playing the same level over and over again? Yeah, and it's just, like, getting, like, repetition and, like, learning how to, like, solve puzzles that way. Like, Live, Die, Repeat would be a perfect video game. Uh, I mean, wasn't this is like uh, wasn't there a Zelda that was basically this also? Yeah, Majora's Mask is basically yeah. Groundhog's Day, but the video game. It's awesome. Interesting. Uh, so I've always thought it's like a really fun premise, but actually calling it a Groundhog's Day sequel that is like his son Andy McDowell and Bill Murray's son is up to adventures years later. It looks rough, uh, but yeah, that just got announced. So interesting. I. Yeah. I, huh? I want to <laughs> <Yeah>. like this. <laughs> I mean, it's it goes into that like you know the last few years, all of the news seems like it was written by a, like a random news generator, like an AI thing. Uh-huh. Like they announced yeah. Groundhog's Day sequel exclusively for VR is the most like <laughs> just available in generated, yeah, procedurally generated bullshit headline I've read in a while. Ooh, what's so? What else should we like? What's going to happen? Like, and what's another one that we're going to like see soon? Then, like, what's the next uh, like mm. BS spinoff or use of IP? I mean, 
Wait, we live in a world when, like, 21 Savages, who I thought was from Atlanta, was arrested by ICE and really British. So I don't know. I can't make up anything crazier than what a world feeds to me anymore. I just heard they're making... I'm sorry. They're making a TV show from Throw Mama from the Train. (laughs) Catch catch Mama? Catch Mama! Here comes the train with Mama on it. Here's uh, another one. Um, okay, tw- this is a Hollywood thing, but I don't th- I like that I auditioned for, but I think I can talk about it. Yeah. Because um, I didn't get it. Yeah. Um, they're remaking High Fidelity <sighs> as a TV it- show uh-huh. with girls. Oh. Interesting. They, is they it, like what? work at Spotify? Like, what's the modern equivalent of a record? Oh, yeah, store? yeah, like, yeah. Where do you. Yeah, where do you know, well, the women are the algorithm. Okay, I was in a. I read a scene where instead of uh, what is they say the Righteous Brothers, I said Lauren Hill. Oh, <laughs> uh, new canon co- co-starring Jackie Black. Do they? Uh, do they still? Are they Black. still? Um, are they getting Bruce Springsteen back? Wouldn't that be awesome? If that was the one thing they kept. Was they just had Bruce Springsteen come in and refilm his scenes shot for shot. Um, the scene where she's like bosser now <laughs> the the scene where she's like visiting her old ex-boyfriends and the one's like you kept trying to have sex with me in high school and i didn't like it that's gonna be a weird scene maybe so. not alex not in the new world it's, it's gonna be i didn't say bad just weird not weird for gen z <laughs> yeah <laughs> Right, they're not having sex anymore, right? Isn't that something that the millennials killed, according to some headline at some yeah, point? Yeah, a- Applebee's and blowjobs. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, wait, that's that's the IP that I want to invest in. How do I get? How do I make that? How do I make Applebee's and blowjobs uh, like a web series <laughs> or a VR experience? Uh, uh, is uh, uh, is well, sucking good in the neighborhood? Is that <laughs> too gross? You can go in the neighborhood's pretty good. Um, um, Wait, no, but that's like, so the thing was like, bad news, Applebee's, we had to close down a lot of your stores, but now you're a VR game, so <laughs> it's everything, everything's coming up Applebee's. Downloaded over 5G. <laughs> um, uh, let's, oh, uh, do you guys, let me do a quick uh, groundhog thing, since, uh, since we're at a lull, um, since I ruined that riff. Um, do you guys, have you guys read much about the groundhog itself? Do you guys know much about those? He didn't. He, if you, I knew he didn't see a shadow this year. Good. So he did not see a shadow this year. Do you know, uh, which means uh, early spring, do you mm-hmm. know uh, which is more common, him seeing a shadow or him not? Oh. Well, 50% chance, guys. Let's, 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 I'll take not. Um, uh, I also want to take a bold prediction. I bet he always, I bet he sees his shadow like... 90% of the time. Ooh. I, I think he used to see his shadow a lot, but now he's in the pocket of big global warming and climate oh, change. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. he sees yeah, it less yeah, yeah. and less, you know? Sure, yeah, he's Bernie fucking... Sanders got to him. <laughs> yeah, him, Bernie Sanders, and AOC. You know, look, I'm saying, I got some Twitter accounts I need to send you links to, Alex. Are you... I bet, I bet. Hey, let me he's, tell you something. He's too busy. Look, I don't see. He doesn't see his shadow. You know what he sees? He sees the upcoming storm. Qnon. Am I right? Ooh. Am I right? You guess what I was talking about? Hey, we're gonna build that wall, and then we won't see any more shadows. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
you guys, I I feel like we that was fun, but you are uh, gonna have to uh, make all apologies to Bree, who was exactly right. He sees his shadow ninety percent of the time. Wow. He it, what, okay. A, what does that actually mean? And like, what is because in the movie they portray it as he whispers to Bill Doyle Murray, yeah, and he passes it on. Is there like an actual like an actual shadow thing they pit him in, and then they see if a shadow like. What does that mean? I could not tell you that. I don't. I, uh, I. I do not know if there was at one point an actual way of telling if he saw a shadow or not, or if it was always whispering. But what I can tell you is that it's been a uh, uh, hundred and one to eighteen, um, seeing his shadow, which is a funny thing. Um, the uh, Groundhog Day is six weeks before the end of winter, and uh, so it turns out he's more likely to predict the thing that winter will last six more weeks. That's it's sort of like we just picked a day six weeks away from winter and then an animal to blame it on. Yeah, (laughs) it feels kind of bullshitty. Um, However, would you predict that he is good or bad at predicting the weather? Bad. So bad. Even though it's like the more it's the thing that the calendar actually says he is between 36 and 39 percent successful, which is well below random chance. Like, if he just was guessing, because they always have it do the one that matches the calendar, he's wrong more often than not. Isn't that crazy? I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe just, maybe we picked the wrong animal. Well, a lot of people think that. So in Portland, the Portland Zoo has an African pygmy hedgehog. And and sure. uh, that is the one that's supposed to actually tell us the weather, according to the Portland Zoo. And I, and there are a million of these. Every town has their own, like, no, this is the real magic animal. Oh, it's kind of like mall Santas. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Mm. Yeah, this is a representative of the hedgehog. It's not that the hedgehog's Ooh. not real. This is just one of his helpers. Can we expand I mean, this universe a little bit more? The the Groundhog uh, Cinematic Universe. So like you know, basically we get like a Santa Claus, like a Tim Allen, like Santa Claus type thing, where someone becomes the Hedgehog. You know, we had the VR. Oh, sure. Thing. If you kill the if uh, you kill the like, Hedgehog, you become the Hedgehog. That's definitely true. Yes. So in yeah, so when Bill Murray one. drives him off the cliff in a truck, the next one should be him as the Hedgehog, and he that shaves his face, but it keeps growing back because he's a Hedgehog. Check, checks out. Man, I don't know if everybody likes the Santa Claus premise as much as I love the Santa Claus premise. <laughs> I mean, I Who? I really have always seen the Groundhogs more as like uh, like a Neil Gaiman sort of like thought thing. Like we think that the Groundhog's working for us, but we're really working for him. <laughs> like by giving him, by creating this ritual and once a year spending so much thought dedicated to him, that it doesn't matter what the result is for us. What matters is that the Groundhog gets stronger every year. You know, like he's oh. able to create more and more power. You know, we're pitting power into him. Interesting. And we think we're getting something back. You know? Yeah. Like the like the way Odin exists, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I don't anymore. But uh, what um, I do like I the do. theory that that uh, the groundhog is not predicting the weather; he's controlling it. He's letting yes. us know what he's decided will happen to us. Oh, but, is but this he's... like like the origin story for Storm from like from X Men? Like originally, like was a groundhog maybe? <laughs> I mean, that might help the franchise. It's not doing great. 
Uh, what were it's you not Storm's you? fault. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't blame him, Storm. Wolverine, if anybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't worry, Alex. We'll get Brian Singer back on the franchise any day now, and then it will all be smooth sailing again. <laughs> oh, thank God. What were you gonna say, Bree? I don't remember. Okay, I felt like that riff needed to go a different direction. And I wish I'd gone with yours. Oh. Um, yeah. Whoops. Oh, don't worry. You'll get another chance now. Put your little <laughs> Just hand like in Brian Singer keeps getting another chance. Am I right? <laughs> oh, restart. Restart. Put your little hand in There ain't no or mountain you can't climb. Did you guys read that Brian Singer is going to get $40 million for <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody? Did you no? read about that? No. Yeah, he's. He's going to clear $40 million in profit for that movie he got fired from. Um, Hollywood! Also, also that movie be that is dude. objectively yeah. not a good movie might is yeah. the Best Picture nomination. Oh, God. Yeah. What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we should obviously be directing movies badly. Hang on, no, I'm buying get... a one-way ticket back to Portland. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get fired from movies. You gotta get fired yeah. from man. I can get fired from any movie. Put me on on set. I'll take. I'll I'll eat the food that is not for extras. <laughs> I'll, I'll just... I think you might have to. Here's the thing. Can you get yourself in a position of power and then get fired? No, that seems like the hard part. So that's the trick then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like there was like a, a an article today. It was like uh, Business Insider published an article. It was like the key to uh, retiring early is making more money. Um, I just feel like sometimes people like don't talk about the hard part as the hard part. Like so, <laughs> that's what it is with like yeah sure we can all get fired from the movie. It's getting the job. It's like yeah of course if I had more money I could retire earlier. It's the you're acting like I just flipped that switch man. I don't like it. Can I can I have some uh some late breaking news to interject in this? <laughs> uh, yeah, completely the unrelated. Ground hair hog has been put back in his hole. <laughs> no, Tyra Brinks is opening a model land theme park in Santa Monica. You're right. That was the news is generated by an AI. <laughs> <laughs> a uh, what land? Model, model land. land? Oh so man, model land. Bree and Anthony, if you didn't get a chance to ever read this, yes, uh, like most people in the world. Uh, but not me and Alex uh, is a insane book that the insanest book wrote. Uh, I loved it in a way that like I hate love it. I um, I like it. There's something about it that I like, but it is the insanest book. So it's yeah, a it's a magical uh, but, realm. The, Tyra uh-huh. Banks wrote a novel about a realm where the only job that matters is modeling, and everybody in this realm is just trying to become a model. And, and they have magic powers. They get magic powers, and there's like, um, uh, oh, smize, which is like her thing to talk about smiling with your eyes. But a smize in this book is like an, it's like a golden snitch. It like flies around and touches you if you get to go to the mountaintop model retreat. And yeah, it's kind of like it's like Harry Potter Hunger Games for models. It's the craziest story. It is so ridiculous. Do, you, do they find out at the end that the uh, the island mountain thing you get to go to is like the lottery, and that's how they make the food for all the other models? Is that they feel like <laughs> that would make it the greatest book like I'd ever read? Story. If the <laughs> jokes on you, Anthony, models don't eat. <laughs> oh, good point. Yeah, you're 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 made food for them, and they never notice. No, and actually, it, there is something where like if you're like everyone's poor except the top models, and so if your family, if one of your family becomes a model, you can all eat. 
Um, it's so weird. It's got a 1984 I, element where like the government is spying you on on you all the time, deciding yeah. who's modeling well or not, but like watching you in your living room. I mean, doesn't it just sound like like some kind like what happens in Eastern Europe? You know, like you see a lot of Eastern <laughs> European models coming out, and it's like, where are they all? Where are they producing these women at? Sure, and sure. it's like, oh, this place. Yeah. You know? I think it's very interesting that you guys can't possibly imagine a society that is based on looks and that looks are somehow a way that people are rewarded financially and romantically. It's, Fuck so you I, all. I believe that sometimes, sometimes they're, bre- they're rewarded for getting fired from Bohemian Rhapsody as well. <laughs> exactly. There's, it's, it's not that, that it's that that's the only thing in this universe. Yes, half of it, 95%. Sure, I can buy that, but not the only thing, (laughs) Brie. Something else matters, too. Theme park, Ezra. Being a white man. (laughs) Model land, theme park, Ezra. Yeah, so anyway, there you go. That's your breaking news. That is crazy. Um, It's such a weird book, Brie. I I feel like you would not be... like Even as a glass-half-full person that you are, you would not be able to find a way to like this. It's... (laughs) It's, sure, I wouldn't. It's it's so long. It's almost six hundred pages, and it Jeez. feels like a first draft. And it, it it there's a lot of just word salad, like just a lot of things where it's like just just put in all the words you can. I I I have fondness for this uh, because I don't know. It's just like it's it's so singular in the vision, and the vision is insane. But like she really went for it, and like yeah, it wasn't like a. It wasn't like a um, like a cynical like cash in where it's like oh like Tyra wants to like have a book now. No, this is like this mattered and like I kind of get part of it. Like I can I can it's it's there's a there's a distinct world that stayed with us, Alex. And it's like this is this is like more than five years ago, and like this stu- this stood out to us. It is it's such an interest. Yeah, absolutely. I feel that way for sure. Um, it is so crazy that I will remember it forever. Uh, the the uh, bitch media review of it said that it was like a Klingon translation of a Dr. Seuss book. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just so wackadoodle. I mean, I think this is getting to the point when you two need to be at this amusement park opening day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the record that, because I got to hear this, like, ha- what the amusement park meant to you. Well, uh, let's see. It's it's a 21,000 square foot theme park, which to me sounds not that big. I don't know if it's a lot or not, because I don't really understand how square feet work. No, you're right. Well, okay, so if I'm the person who's investing in this, I say throw the book away because it's obviously people are not – the book wasn't popular, I'm no, assuming. It, wasn't, it was not that good. It was not, so it did I'm not sure well. they, were, they just wanted to give ty- – like model land sounds like a good idea for a theme park right now. I don't know about you. There are a lot of pop-up theme parks happening. Yeah, like that's what this sounds like. the Museum of Selfies and – Yeah, or the Chique Ice Cream land. Museum. Yes. That was a so, yeah. It sounds like that was one of those. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I was. I say they open yeah. it across from Dolly Land, and you get a fast pass that allows you to go to both. <laughs> That's a fucking dope week. Actually, sorry. I would love. <laughs> Just I I pull up the story. Um, if it sounds like a pop up to you, Banks assures us that it is not. Quote: This is not a pop up. She said. <laughs> So I was Seems trying legit. to give her the Story benefit of the doubt with that, but no, this is a permanent attraction anchoring a mall. <gasps> yeah, so All right. just, just wait till the competing Netflix and Hulu documentaries about 
the disaster that is Model Land. A few I love, years from oh, now. this is so good though. I, just, I love the idea. Of just like anything gets to have a second life in a different form, right? Everyone gets reincarnated, like right. So like Groundhog Day gets to be a VR game. Applebee's gets to be like you know like a, 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 a pornographic web series. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and like uh, like Tyra Banks' book gets a to neighborhood be an actual sex theme club. Park. Yeah, this this um, is a weird world we live in, you guys. Jeez. Um, I okay. So really quick, we gotta wrap here in a second. I, uh, yeah. Two things before we go. One, I want to do. I just want to uh, ask you guys to put yourselves in the position of Phil the weatherman not the groundhog and tell me what are things you do during your 40 years of days in Puxatani? what are some things that you do differently than he does how do you stay can, sane can i mention the best thing that never gets talked about in this movie enough is the the uh random scene when they go to the theater in like the fancy bentley dressed as a cowboy with a french <laughs> yes! man that, like, just the the like the random and specificity of that is like those oh, yeah. are the years I want to see of Phil's life. <laughs> oh like, yeah, I guarantee you that was not like a night. That was a phase when he did that for <laughs> months. Right. Also, it's a different girl. Yeah, I, yes, when we never is. see yeah. her before or after, as far as yeah. I can tell. Yeah. Like I love that, like that, like little world building up. Like this was like. In theory, years he just did this and robbing that uh, safety deposit truck or the other vehicle. Yeah, yeah, the other truck. made no sense, though. Because, like, he has credit cards, and, like, you don't have to pay money on that either. Right. Why would you steal more money? Well, so that's why we don't... Yeah, I was thinking about that because so much of what he does later seems like it's financed, like the money mattered. Um so he, I, I feel like like with the piano teacher, he gives her $1,000. That's cash. He doesn't have a credit card. She doesn't have a square back then. So True. he has to be robbing that armored car every day to pay for his piano lessons. So one of the things I enjoy about this is picturing what the rest of the town is up to on any given cycle he's in. So like the one where there was an armored car robbery, like there's a lot of that in the town as people worried about that. Um, there's just people running around like there's an armored car robbery. We, we got that that guy got fired or arrested for sure. The guy who's guarding it because they assume it's an inside job. Like there's so much shit that goes along with that. Yeah, I mean, you guys ever think about the notion that rather than um, cycling, like re like the universe looping, he's actually dropping down to another parallel universe. So like every mm. universe yeah. he goes to continues on. He is oh, just no. unaware of it. Like oh, every single shit. one of those nights spawned a alternate timeline when like if he killed himself, a guy just jumped off a building in this day and everyone remembers that. Yeah, like, yeah. There's all so, these if, universes where she had to deal with the suicide of her employee. Yeah, and or there's the universe where this like this guy got fired because someone stole from his own vehicle and yeah. he never had any idea why. And that guy just vanished at the end of it. Like there was rather a than resetting, sketch. he's like dropping down. It was an interesting that's way. That's such think an interesting way to think about it. Um, that's the conceit of Russian Doll on Netflix. Oh, that they are creating many universes wherein the yeah, and they talk about that. Like we got to fix this because people are living with the trauma of our deaths. 
Interesting. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So there was a there was a sketch, uh, a short film called One Minute Time Machine that uh, I saw a bunch of years ago. That's really fun. That is like press a guy has a little tiny time machine that resets back a minute and back a minute and back a minute, and then the reveal is in each of those timelines they still exist, and he just died. So it's him like trying to have this conversation with a woman very much like Bill Murray is, but in much shorter increments. But in a hundred timelines, she just watched a guy hit on her and then die on a park bench. (laughs) It's it's really great. (laughs) But that's, yeah, that's what this reminds me of. And I, uh, I enjoy that theory. So I'm definitely going to watch Russian doll now. I'm super interested in this. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's good. And, and yeah, people like it. It is popular. Like well reviewed. I'm two episodes in and now I have a spoiler, I guess. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think that it is. I mean, the way you're talking about this show and you're trying to figure it, or this movie, you're trying to figure mm-hmm. it out. Like, I think it is pretty obvious, but it just is not. It's not important to the way the story goes forward. Fair enough. All right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's an enjoyable ride either way. So, um, so given all of that. In our waiting minutes, does anybody have any ideas of how you would spend your day? What are some mm. things you would like to try? I, I, I've i had this thought. Mm-hmm. I would like to try, like, running a mile as fast as I could because I'm really curious to see if I get faster, like, on, like, a mental level. As oh, that's to, like, interesting, right, because his body is not changing from all of this stuff. Yeah. Actually, that puts you in a weird place with the piano, then, since so much of that is muscle memory. Uh... Yeah, I mean, like, I guess your your flexibility wouldn't improve necessarily, right? Right, right. But, but, like, but, but there is a like your your muscles do remember things, like you would have a memory of the feeling of something, I guess. Well, yeah, and and also I guess like so if you rehearse things in your mind, like you do, like perform better generally. Sure, uh, like, if you think, think the you minuet can, in G, you can uh, play the minuet in G. Yeah, that's a so reference doesn't matter. I, it's cool. Good job. Is muscle memory actually physical or mental? Now I don't even know. Um, well, I mean, I guess it'd be synapses. Like it's like it's it's myelin sheathing, probably, right? It's like um, um, like when you have patterns of uh, I guess neurons that fire in a specific way, the more it happens, like the more right. you sort of like basically insulate those. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. With a, uh, and then like it fires faster as a result. So um, I think that kind of thing like is one of the ways to not go crazy is just to set up. Like he does sort of, I guess he does sort of challenges, but like also experiments of like, what happens if I do this? What happens if I do this? And like, how many things, what what things can you try to keep expanding what, what is possible? I think that's really fun. I guess I would probably do what he did, which was try to sleep with people and <laughs> fall in love with the people I had crushes on. Yeah. And that's, and eat cream puffs. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's that's I that's pretty much it for me. Yeah. I would try to freeze to death. Yeah. Um, he didn't do that. It's very cold out. It seems yeah. like that would be the thing. Um, he didn't try to make a documentary about the old man that died. I yeah. think that that uh, is a missed mm. opportunity. That guy's stories are gone forever. But I guess this is kind of you know pre um, navel gazing uh, <laughs> where there's no Instagram story about that guy. That well, actually, that makes me because it took him a whole day to save that guy's life that one time or to try to save his life. And so the days were like the final day where he does everything right. He just that let dies. that guy died. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah just yeah. Let, let him go. Yeah. He probably uh, let that kid fall out of the tree that day. <laughs> yeah. He had so much else to no. do. 
No, I think that was the one we saw him. I think we saw him catch him that time. Oh, okay. I think. Oh, I hope. I think so. Oh, jeez. But man, that's. And yeah. you know what? That kid never says thank you. Fuck that kid. Yeah. He deserves Not it. even once. So that, that kid lives in a, a world where he falls out of a tree every day and only gets saved some of the times until he learns <laughs> to say thank you. The universe is always trying to teach people lessons. Yeah, universe is kind of vindictive, actually. It's super vindictive. I guess one thing that's I, like he never really like he can't leave town going towards Pittsburgh because of the um, blizzard or the accident. But like, yeah, he There's could other directions. Yeah, other directions. Also, he could have left earlier in the day. Like, just wake up, get in your car, and drive as far as you can. Just see what else is out there, man. Ha! You think the vindictive ass universe is going to let that happen? That could Fools. be fools. <laughs> Well, okay, harsh I mean, I guess... way to make that point, but sure. <laughs> probably, probably fair. Uh, are there any airplanes? Like we never really yes. we've never tried. Oh you know? man. Okay, here that's such a great point. Here's what I do. I am going to learn to fly without yes. instructions. This. So this is what happened in my story. Oh, is uh, it? This is like yeah. But, well, I guess the basically by trial and error, they they, they try to like they, they try to learn that if if you can't if dying doesn't hurt, just learn to yeah. fly a plane. Through trial and error. Oh, that's so well, great, Ezra. Imagine I'm, I, this. I'm sorry I stole it. this from you after you had told me about it. <laughs> well, imagine right, getting getting in a plane and then just racing the time zone so it never rolls oh, around shit. at 6 a.m., you know? Like, if you are just constantly moving and it's always 5, does time still reset? I mean, that's worth you a know? try, even though it probably means running out of gas over the Atlantic Ocean and plummeting to your death and then starting over the next day. This is maybe what happened to Amelia Earhart. We don't know. She's still yeah. working on that timeline. <laughs> <laughs> that story sounds like a Swedish horror film yeah, or does. something. Uh, man, Ezra, great idea for a story then. I love it. I feel okay, like that would be the fun of any, is trying to learn every dangerous skill without books, without learning, pro- like just by doing it. That would be really interesting. Like I'm going to learn how to tame wild horses. I'm gonna learn bull riding, mm. like all, like everything I can, just without instruction. <laughs> the, the hard way, everything yeah, the, the hard, hard way, way, everything exactly. That would be the story. It would be called everything the hard way. <laughs> I want to see. You know what the what I would love to see the deleted scene from this movie where he gets really close to Chris Elliott. Oh yeah. <laughs> Like they, they just, he just goes in really, wouldn't that have been a fun, just cut to like for what, like one night it's every night it's Andy McDowell slapping him. And then one night Chris Elliott just opens his heart, you know, or like every night he just like, can he seduce Chris Elliott the same way? (laughs) Chris Elliott slapping him over and over again. Exactly. You're trying to have sex with Chris Elliott and it not working. Or Chris Elliott's just like really down to begin with. And just like, it's just like one, a one night effort. And it's like, yeah, yeah. he exactly, he decides that he's going to try. That and the first time he's like, Larry, I love you, and then they just start making out in the truck, and then that colors every interaction that Bill Murray <laughs> exactly. has with Chris Elliott for the rest of the movie. Um, and this is Larry, our cameraman, and when he gets really turned on, he sounds like a squirrel. <laughs> actually, it is this thing I felt a little bit sad about was that there's one of the middle parts where he actually gets to know Larry, and Larry turns out to be interesting, but then in the final day. We just see Larry as an asshole all day. Yeah. He just gets a real right. douche edit for the final timeline. Yeah. And then gets bought by a woman. And then gets bought by, right. by an old lady two for bits. two for bits. Like, for two bits. For 50 cents. <laughs> and you know what? He's probably fine with it. I bet he has a decent day. 
That, he did it for all the right? wrong reasons. <laughs> One thing I do like is that Nancy, in the last version where she doesn't know Bill Murray at all, she bids on him. Yeah, she's anyway. in love with him. Yeah, uh, like sixty-five dollars in nineteen eighty-three no money. Because they didn't have any interaction right, right. that day. But I think that is like a testament to the fact that like just attraction yeah. still lingers in oh. between the timelines. I think there's like some like like a greasy French fry impression on this timeline from their past I, trysts. Yeah. That's gotta be that's gotta be the way time works. That's gotta be accurate. Yeah. Well it that would yeah. actually that would actually help with Andy McDowell falling in love with him as if it's the greasy imprint of those days where he was actually nice to her. Instead of just this day where they never talk, but she's like, man, I love a guy who can play piano. Well, I think that's part of the storyline that they actually are supposed Alex, in in Hollywood and movies, people are supposed to be with each other. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I think she loved him from the beginning and just had it had to be revealed. Actually, one of the little uh, town moments that reminds me of uh, is the uh, the jazz band. it was uh, uh, I was watching this just like mere minutes ago with my wife, and she was like, "It seems weird that that piano teacher she just didn't seem like she taught him jazz piano." And then <laughs> she had forgotten that in the next moment, the teacher goes back and takes her rightful place as the pianist with this jazz combo, and she's great. And so I feel like she got underestimated. But what a badass uh, piano player for that town! They got a really well, solid jazz right, band. Yeah, the right teacher. Since we're talking about this moment, I was unhinged <laughs> that there was a fucking keyboard in yes. this universe why not an upright baby grand baby it's you got the money it's supposed to be the most ideal yeah. future and we have to listen to this shitty casio <laughs> you robbed an armored truck this morning buy a real piano infuriating <laughs> That actually, that that's really funny. Um, also, it reminds me of, if he was maxing out his credit cards every day to help people, and in this then in this universe, mm. like around noon, he's like, "Wait a second, I have three hundred grand in debt." Oh crap! Those I, WrestleMania tickets yeah. were. <laughs> oh, were so what did expensive. I do? <laughs> um, here's what I think. I think you should always buy um, a lottery ticket just in case. You know, just in case this is the one that... Oh, like, that's actually, true, because like, you know, he could just reason. buy one lottery ticket every day, and after 40 years, he's mm-hmm. won at least a few, so he knows the good numbers. Well, oh. yeah, I mean, I just think when the, when the day doesn't reset, though, then you get to keep the money, right? Exactly. So you just... Yeah, so you know yeah. the right numbers, and then the day that it... Mm-hmm. And you just keep doing that, so when it does... When you keep on, you're also the lottery winner. Yes. No, yes, exactly. no, you have to focus on changing yourself, or the day will never reset. <laughs> Oh, that's true if you buy a lot of it takes it away <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean he does say that he uh, he does say they're gonna live there and then his, he's like well, i guess we'll have to rent it's because he doesn't have the money to buy a house even in puxatawney <laughs> man tough times all right uh so does it hold up yes that's my question now i, I was just gonna do that buddy um good time felt it you felt it um, we've i've lived through this moment before alex <laughs> <laughs> well ezra let me ask you are you seduced <laughs> i did all this for you <laughs> Uh, I, I'll two bits for you, Alex. All two right. Mm. Um, <laughs> with interest on my thousand years. Anyway, uh, we'll do you. We'll come back to you last, Ezra, because this was your movie. Uh, Anthony, we're going to start with you. Nineteen ninety-three film Groundhog Day. Does it hold up? Does Harold Ramis's comedy classic Groundhog Day from nineteen ninety-three hold up? Yes. Yeah, I'd say it does. I'm pretty confident. 
insane this movie holds up. Well, so it sounds like you're so saying what society well. wants you to say, but did you feel that in your heart when you rewatched it? Oh yeah, I mean this. I mean like, I this is the type of movie I, I've probably seen Groundhog's Day. It's definitely up there with. It's one of those movies I've probably watched at least once a year my entire life that it's been out. You know. Uh, and it, it was like when I got the when we got this assignment, I was like, "Oh shit, I get to watch Groundhog's Day." Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I, I told my wife I was gonna watch it, and she was like, "Oh no, wait till I get home. I want to watch that too." Like, totally. This movie just yeah. means a lot to a lot of people I know, and yeah. it just it's the type of film, especially as I you know, like it it works on like we've talked about some really interesting concepts and existential ideas this movie brings up that i didn't get at all as a kid totally and now as an adult every time i watch it there's like this is such a fucking meaty comedy in terms of there's so much to chew on and to think about and it's a delightful funny romp at the same time it's just it's a it's a classic yeah it's incredible i i uh i'm gonna agree i i feel like i mean i didn't see it as a kid so i don't have that like a lot of these things that we're talking about i'm the newest one to it um but having watched it a few years in a row now it like it delighted me i laughed out loud several times at a movie i've seen at a comedy i've seen before a bunch so that is, is something that's definitely there i would say though um Oh, and, and with what you're saying about the philosophy of it, I do feel like the meatiness of it, the fact that there could have been an argument after it was filmed just before the edit about whether it was a comedy or not is a really interesting thing. And that's what, like, it has the meat that it could have been not a comedy and still worked is amazing. Um, I, uh, I think I would say 95% holds up for me. 5%. I don't like that. It's most, all the jokes are about unwanted seduction. And also, yeah. he does, even in the good universe at the end, he kisses a lot of people on the mouth. And I am not into that. Just not a fan. Just not a fan. Um, at least the the Chow staircase guy, he kisses on the cheeks. But, like, he's just a kisser. And uh, I, I do not care for that. So 95% holds up for me. Uh, Bree, does it hold up for you? You'd love it if Bill Murray, like, showed up at your karaoke bar party and kissed you, though. Nope. He does a lot of that. Does he? He kisses people on the mouth? <laughs> Well, no, he just shows up places, people like that. Okay, okay I like does that, the movie yeah. hold up? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Damn it, it does. And you know what? I watched this movie a week ago before it was assigned to me oh. because I wanted to. Nice. Um, I, think it's, I, think it, I think it thrives on the strength of the ensemble. Agreed. And I also want to shout this out because we haven't talked about this at all. It, 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 it reminds me of an improv exercise uh, called Corridors. Alex, do you remember this from back in the day? Uh, corridors? No. Or I probably it's did a, under a different name. It's an improv concept where you do a scene and then you spin it off in different directions. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, Bill Murray is kind of from the sketch improv world yeah, yeah. and Harold Ramis. And, yeah, it feels almost like a like theater to me, like a play, um, because it's so allegorical and it, and it doesn't really name what's going on. It's kind of like um, what are, waiting for uh, Godot, um, you know, in, in its like um, just big ideas and 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 existentialism. So I'm with it, and yeah, Stephen Tobolowsky forever. Yeah, yeah, to, to I, I mean, it's also like you know, speaking of Harold Ramis, it it is like I, I feel like. We haven't, you know, Alex made fun of his name earlier, which nope. is very didn't respectful. Didn't make fun of it. Got it wrong. Right, man. Just, I'm not, uh, not mean, I'm just a dummy. No, no. 
Yeah, uh, but I mean, I really think that Harold Ramis had like a legit magic and spoke to everything he ever worked on. He just got character-driven comedy in a way that very few comedic directors do. Uh, and he, he was one of the greatest. Uh, and like a lot of his movies, I don't think work that very well because he, he tries to deal with these heady concepts but this is just that sweet spot of like it's it's very funny it's very earnest it's very sweet and it has those kind of like greater concepts he was working for yeah i just think this is such a a triumph of for harold ramus's like incredible career all right well not a ton of drama but ezra last word goes to you groundhog day does it hold up yeah, I mean it, it. It does. Uh, um, I mean, I think with with the exception, I think yeah, the same kind of qualifier of like the he's not qu- quite the like delightful lecherous scamp in the same way. Yeah, like that doesn't exactly age yeah. uh, really super great. Um, but I think it's interesting. Like I know for maybe anyone who's crafting a movie, like maybe the way to make it sure that like it is repeatable is that you have that repetition kind of baked into the movie to begin with. Um, it's kind of an interesting idea. Like yeah. you can't really get sick of it. Like, because like it is like sick of itself in a way. And like, it deals with that and like has a lot of like repetition with variation, kind of all of it. And you, you, it's satisfying to have those kinds of that slow build in the first like couple like loops, basically. Yeah. Um, one of my, yeah, and, like, and there's like different moments that you're like, you're really excited for, I guess. And the different parts like where, uh, where Ned gets punched really hard yeah. is such a good it's, one for me. Yeah. He's the way his spin is such a good, uh, physical bit from Tobes. It's a great little fall. Yeah, like I was thinking uh, about during this most recent rewatch I had about the the way the uh, the plates crashing is set up really early in the movie yeah. as like it's just a thing that happens in the background. You're like uneven. You're like they draw a little bit of attention to it, but it's such a weird like just naturalistic moment. And then, like, the way it's repeated and then used for the big sequence is one of those, like... And then you finally see really... it. Like, you haven't actually... S- yeah. Like, for the first five times, it's just a sound effect. And then when you watch the guy fall, it's not the way I was expecting him to fall. It was a different way. I was like, ooh, was, what a delight. Yeah. You just surprised me with how he dropped those plates. It was, it was a really fun moment. Um, yeah. Also, so the thing you said about it, like, being... It, it's already kind of sick of itself is such an interesting point. I When I was... Um, asked to help run the screening of this for a few years here one of the things they were like we want to do it sort of like a um uh like one of those sing-along type movies where people have costumes and they do little things along with it um and uh, uh so which I, I was looking at and i did, could not find anybody's instructions no one had no one had a guide of like here are the things you do along with groundhog day and so i had to come up with some and so the first time I did, I just watched it a few times, trying to find something. And my I, so uh, singing along with the radio every time, uh, the the Sonny and Cher song, and then also every time Tobolowski appears on screen, you yell "Bing," um, <laughs> or two that I remember. Uh, and it's and I so I was and I they stuck with me. Like I was doing them, watching it just yeah. now, and it's fun. The like that part of the repetition repetition really works because it's fun to just keep uh, having those things to add. And then like in that good scene where he shows up. You didn't see him in the morning. You just see him in the evening after. Apparently, the good thing that you can do, one good thing you do for the universe is buy unnecessary insurance. But um, uh, he does all that buying, and then you're like, you get to yell Bing that last time, and it's just very fun. So the, the repetition yeah. actually works great, which makes it a good rewatch. Cool. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll see you guys again, uh, I guess, next Groundhog see Day. See you next year. Uh, <laughs> well, see you tomorrow, <laughs> if there is a tomorrow. 
that is it for our show. Thank you so much for listening to Read and Weep Season 2. We'll be back again next week with more Season 2 goodness. I um, I can't... I'm still working on some scheduling things, so I don't want to announce the topics right away, but I believe the next two episodes are going to be very interesting non-movie episodes. Um, so uh, we did the musical album a couple weeks ago. We listened to some Nickelback. It was real weird. Um, I have two even further afield Does It Hold Up topics. Uh, that if they work out is going to be really fun and interesting. So stick around for more Does It Hold Up? And of course, write in with your things that you want to know if they hold uh, up. Are we finally doing that thing you want when we watch Triumph of the Will and Both (laughs) of a Nation, Alex, to see if they hold up? Because I'm telling you right now, we don't need to rewatch them. I can tell you if they hold up or not. I don't know why you're really Does Triumph of the Will hold up to you? Uh, no. But I mean, (laughs) I know it does to you for some weird reason. You're always bringing it up. Oh man, um, did, uh, didn't okay. Just uh, great joke, Anthony. But also, didn't Triumph will like invent a bunch of documentary techniques that still are used all the time now that had never happened before? Uh, well, That's what I've heard I, about. I, it. You really want this on audio, well, Alex? <laughs> no, I. Uh, this is the Alex, thing that an, a film gonna, teacher mentioned Alex, offhandedly no. was like they invented a bunch of different camera techniques can that I, we still can use. Can I blow your mind? Yeah. Can I blow your mind, Alex? The importance of Triumph as a will, as a feature, is Nazi propaganda. <laughs> like, I know, like, that's absolutely true. They, the, mm. like, the, the narrative that it was, like, a groundbreaking, uh, like, revolutionary documentary was part of German propaganda to get the film seen. Like, no even kidding. at the time, yeah, even at the time, it wasn't considered by most audiences, like, a particularly groundbreaking one, but because of the German propaganda machine, they, you know, made German critics say it was the most important film. And so, like, the the hype of German pop... There's a great uh, Folding Ideas video about this, but yeah. Like, you know what um, it sounds like? It sounds like you like Triumph of the Will more than I do. No, I it don't It sounds like, like you just sort of walked... Yeah. Into, no, you did. You did. You asked me if yeah. I, you could blow my mind. I didn't say yes, but yeah. you did it anyway. I am... Yeah. Like, and I was in a neighborhood you, Applebee's. My mind was blown. Yeah. We all know you're way more of a Birth of a Nation fan than the Time of the Will. But that's just, again, that's your thing. Uh, right. Well, anyway. You we'll, like the written world. You're more of a Mein Kampf fan. We'll talk about of, it. Uh, <laughs> we'll see what we'll... Oh, the topic is not that. It's candy. We're just going to talk about candy next week. All right? Are you happy? I'm going to get a fun dip. What color candy, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever color is not racist. I'm just going to eat fun dip next week. Oh, you guys. All right. Uh, thanks for being here, uh, Ezra Fox. It's a pleasure. And Anthony Lopez. Always here to make you feel like a racist. You do. Um, <laughs> actually, um, uh, not feel, but sound. But also, uh, Ezra, yeah. I don't feel like we made a big deal about this, but it's been so long. and I'm so glad we were finally able to schedule oh, yeah. someone with you. I'm glad we made this work. This thing, this is, this was such a treat, and you know, it was always great to. I mean, Sarah and I watched this together. It was a delight. And you're um, one of the reasons why, for those listening public, it's not that Ezra has been too busy entirely for us. It's that um, Ezra's also been recording a pod, uh, the spinoff podcast that we do about Top Chef called Pack Your Mics every week. And so it's that he doesn't have time for two podcasts every week. And so it's been a lot of podcasting about Top Chef mostly. So, which I have not put in the feed this year. But if you enjoy Top Chef or reality TV or just us. You can uh, find that one. Pack your mics. And thank you for joining us again, Bree Pruitt, at Bree Pruitt on the social. Always a pleasure. You guys should do a RuPaul's Drag Race um, spinoff called Tuck the Mics. (laughs) 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 
Man, that this would be a weird uh, franchise for us to expand on, but... Ooh, <laughs> could we also do Magic the Mics, where it's all about Magic Mike? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we can do all of these things. Uh, all right, hey. we'll talk to everybody next. Maybe that season three is just <laughs> Mike puns. All right, we'll talk to everyone next week. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Pshh.